This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. February 15th is the date on the calendar you want to circle for Derek Carr and his potential availability. Now, remember, Carr has a no-trade clause, so he's going to have to agree to any move that the Raiders are able to work out with some other team. February the 15th, that is when his contract becomes guaranteed. Okay? It's $40 million. 40.4 mil is what he still owed by the Raiders. 32 and change this year, seven and a half only next year in 2024, the way the thing was constructed. As far as cap hits go, 33 million this year, 42 next year. Think about that. $42 million cap hit for Derek Carr next year. Now, I think there's pros and cons to Derek Carr, as we all know. Um, I don't know if he would necessarily be an ideal fit for New York. He's someone that has not historically been a good cold-weather quarterback in his career. Now, he could do a lot worse. Don't get me wrong. But the other thing with Carr is I still, like, I, I, I'm skeptical. Because here's Josh McDaniels who's had a lot of success in his career as a coordinator, not as a head coach, but as a coordinator. And he spent all that time in New England with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and whatnot. He goes out to the Raiders, and they let him run the show. Why after one year, and not even one full year, does he make the decision that he wants to move on from Derek Carr and get his own quarterback, right? So what, what is he seeing that maybe the rest of the NFL isn't? Is it just because, you know, it, it's part of that stubborn nature of sports, whether when you have a coach, whether you have a quarterback, or I mean, whether you have a coach, whether you have a GM, it, you want to go and bring in your own guy. It doesn't matter who, how good he is, how long he's been there. You just want to bring in somebody because then you can call him, he's ours. I drafted him. I brought him in. Is that why they want to move on from Derek Carr? It's not something that Derek Carr initiated, right? That, that this isn't his doing. This was a move by the organization. So I need to know more as to why. And we talked about Jimmy G. Garoppolo's the only guy that is not going to cost you anything in terms of draft capital. Jimmy G just going to cost you straight up cold, hard cash. He's a free agent. But there's also going to be other teams out there that might bid for his services. Teams that think that he's a good fit. Teams that think they're probably just a quarterback away. I don't think a team is signing Jimmy Garoppolo to be like a hold the fort type of guy. Right? Like, uh, you know, we don't know who our uh, future is going to be. I, th I think if you're taking a chance on him, you expect to win. And that he is the missing piece. And maybe that'll be the Jets. Who knows? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to David in Brooklyn. He's going to start us off here, hour number three, here on 9870 ESPN. David, what's going on? Hi, Dan. Thank you for having me on. There's one thing people aren't saying, and you mentioned it earlier, that there's a June 1st designation <clears throat> for uh, Aaron Rodgers in order for the, uh, the Packers to trade him. So if, if, if they're going to trade him after June 1st, that means they can't get a, a, a draft pick this year. The Jets have to wait until after OTAs to, to even consider getting him. So isn't that a big deterrent? On the surface to some, I would say yes. To others, maybe not so much. And the, and, and the reason you would say it would be, David, and I thank you for the phone call, all right, you need to know whether he's all in or not. 
All right, Brett Favre, like, I, I know you don't want to make every comparison back to Brett Favre in that one year, but, I mean, it's applicable only because you're talking about Rodgers, who's 40. He's coming from Green Bay, so the similarities are there. Remember, Favre got here in August, and it was like as soon as he got here, before you knew it, he was gone. He was like a strict rental. It's like, hey, dude, come here, play football, and then when the season's over, you're gone, and you never heard from him again. You know, if you're Rodgers and you're going to have to wait till later in the summer for him to be acquired, well, is he going to be part of an off-season program? Probably not. Sounds like to me he would just be somebody that shows up in late July for training camp, and then that's it. So how much bonding is he doing with the other guys? Not even bonding like off the field. I'm not talking about like they have to go and, you know, have beers and, you know, go play ping pong someplace or whatever. I'm just saying like establish that chemistry on the football field, you know, in meetings. I know that he'll know the offense already, but is he going to be somebody there that's going to be able to help some of these other players along in terms of them picking up the system and what that's going to entail? To some, that might matter. To others, they could care less. Like, there's some fans right now who are just like, I don't care when the hell Aaron Rodgers gets here. I don't care if he shows up until an hour before week one. As long as he's in a jet uniform and he runs out of that tunnel and he's in the huddle for the first play of the game, I'm good. But there's people then in an organization that do want somebody who's going to be a little bit more of the fabric and a little bit more of a part of things. And the thing about Rodgers is, again, I don't know if he's all in. And how about this? I'll throw this out there. Are you okay with the fact if I tell you if it's just for one year? Or would you guarantee or want like a two-year commitment from him? Because then you're really talking about rental and Favre all over again. Because what happens if the Jets come up short this year? Let's say you get Rodgers for a year, and, hey, he broke his thumb this year. He played through it, but he broke his thumb in that giant game in London, and he had a good year, but he didn't have an MVP Rodgers caliber season, and the Packers didn't even make the playoffs. So what happens if Rodgers suffers some sort of an injury? He plays through it. You know, he plays all 17 games. But what happens if the Jets, like, oh, I don't know, win 10 games only and then lose in the first round of the playoffs? Is that going to be good enough for you? And now you punted a first-round pick potentially for a guy who came in and just got you to a place that maybe somebody like Mike White would be able to get you to? And I'm not saying it's going to be Mike White. I'm just using his name as an example. Paul in Queens, up next here on 98.7. Paulie, how we doing? Dan, how are you? Paul, outstanding. First of all, I want to tell you, I forgot to tell you before when I called yes, last sir. week. I forgot to give you props in the beginning of the season when you got that Webster Slaughter trivia question. That was a great one, by the way. You remember uh, that one from the Cleveland uh, game? Webster, the Webster the, Slaughter. That was I'll the, tell one you, of the he, hardest. You remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Webster Slaughter, he, he had a good career, you know, Cleveland, then to Houston, and then he became a Jet, remember? He was exactly, on the uh, crummy exactly. co team. Good. Yeah, in 96, he was so, on the 115 co type team. Exactly. Dan, listen. Here's the thing. This is a vital important. You, 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 you just stole my thunder before about different case scenarios, you know, about Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Garoppolo, who else? See, nobody expected this, the, uh, the rest of this team except for the quarterback to excel th- this fast. I mean, I've heard podcasts from other, you know, people I'm not going to mention who said if the Jets get a quarterback with the talent they have and they're healthy, they have to stay healthy, right? Like the Eagles, they're healthy. Yep. They'll do playoff damage. It's very important. We have to, you know, what we're looking for is, A, can we get a Garoppolo here? And if he gets hurt, Zach Wilson's going to come in. Oh, my God, we're in trouble. Is Derek Carr 
thinking about going here. Maybe he'll go to another team. Or the state of mind of Aaron Rodgers, you're 100% right. I, I listened to him on another show, you know, on Tuesdays, and he's very nonchalant. He's done this for the last three years with his nonchalant. I mean, I wouldn't want him to come here. And there's a lot of pressure on this organization and on the fans. And the most important thing is, you know, we making the playoffs is not enough. Doing damage in the playoffs is enough because let's be honest here, Dan, this this team that Joe Douglas built minus the quarterback, I mean, this draft is one of the best drafts that I've seen, you know, with uh, Mangold and even in the 80s. So this is a vital part of, the, you know, of the year, for, I mean, a vital offseason for the team. they got to make a correct choice. Because fans, you hear them, Dan, you hear them in the postgame show. You hear them, you know, on, on your, your new Saturday show. You hear the frustration. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're starting to believe, hey, are we hexed? I'm like, we're never going to see, you know, a, a team do good. I mean, they deserve it. You know, we're, the, we're, we're probably, in all the sports, one of the most dedicated and good fans. Dan, have a great night, buddy. Thank you for your time. Paul, appreciate the call. And I'll throw this in there, too. And I know that you hear this a lot, and it might come off as lip service, but I'm, I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm telling you, and it's a 1,000% the truth. The organization's frustrated, too. All right? I'm in the building. Not just like, you know, the media goes to the building to do whatever. No, I'm like, I, I, I'm upstairs, you know, the offices, the business side. Of, like, I, you know, I'm in. I see it. I see it. Everybody there wants to win. Everybody. Like, they spend every waking moment trying to turn this thing around from, you know, the football department to the ticket sales to the business side. Like, it, it's a trickle-down effect. They all want to win. There's frustration everywhere. This makes everybody's job a heck of a lot easier when the team wins. So when you hear Robert Sala or Joe Douglas or Woody Johnson or all of them say, like, we want to win, we're frustrated. No, trust me. Truer words have never been spoken. They want to win. Now, I, last year, and maybe this ain't getting you far, but I still believe, and I'll keep saying it, if Mike White doesn't get hurt, I think they make the playoffs. Because remember, all they had to do was win a couple of games and they would have been in. Mike White doesn't get hurt if his ribs don't get shattered like crushed Cheerios up there in Buffalo from Matt Milano. All right? They find a way to win a couple of those games. And then they're talking about the playoffs. And then, you know what? I don't know what the conversations we're having right now. You know, if Mike White plays inspired football, the, the you know, tail end of the season, the Jets get in the playoffs, and who knows, maybe even win a playoff game, we don't know what the future would have looked like. We could get in the DeLorean and maybe try to replay those games and see what happened, and we could put a brick wall in front of Mike White in that Buffalo game to where he can finish the season in one piece. But maybe Mike LaFleur is still the offensive coordinator. Maybe Mike White is the guy that you're going into next year thinking, all right, he's going to be your quarterback, or at least he's going to have something to say about who the quarterback is going to be instead of now shooting for the stars and talking about bringing in a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Chris in Long Island is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Christopher, what's going on? Or Chris in Queens. What's up, Chris? How you doing? Hey, Chris. I was just wondering, what are they going to do with Zach Wilson? Are they going to keep him, get rid of him, or are they going to have him learn behind Aaron Rodgers? I think that Zach Wilson is going to be on this team next year as long as there isn't another team that calls up Joe Douglas and says, hey, Joe, we will give you blank draft choice for Zach Wilson. I think despite what they're saying, If the Jets go out and get themselves a veteran quarterback who they think is going to be around for at least a couple of years and a team gives them something of semi-consequence for Zach Wilson, they'll make the move. 
do you think that he has the ability to learn behind Aaron Rodgers, or do you think it would be better off with Mike White as his, as your backup? Here's the thing. You know what I mean, Chris? Like, I could get an opera singer. You know, Pavarotti is no longer with us. You're familiar with Pavarotti, right? When he yeah, was yes, sir, I am. I'm 53 right. years old, so yeah. There you go. So when Pavarotti was around, like, if, if, if they had Pavarotti roll up into my crib and we had daily singing lessons and he tried to teach me to sing like him, I don't think that I would have been able to pull it off. I would have been willing. I would have been able. I would have been very willing as a student to try to, like, learn to sing like him. I would try to belt out as many arias as possible. And I got high ceilings in my living room, so I think the sound quality would have been okay. It still wouldn't <laughs> have come off as good. So you could be willing and everything to learn. But does that mean you have the ability and the talent and the skills to put it all together and to make it happen? So it, it, it's nice kind of word speak like, oh, you know, he's going to learn and he's going to work hard, but he just might not be able to do it. Right. Correct. Mike White. There's no knows, guarantee. Has the, no, Mike White has the ability because he's a journeyman he, and he's proven it. Well, you know what it is, Mike White, and Chris, thanks for the phone call, my friend. You get back to us. The thing with Mike White, Mike White was, and I said this at the time last year, Mike White was a great fit for that offense. Now, with Nathaniel Hackett in there, there is still some dis- – it's still, you know, generally a West Coast offense. So there's still some, you know, principles that are the same from what Mike LaFleur was running versus what Nathaniel Hackett's going to run. So for that system, and the West Coast system is predicated on timing, precision, you know, boom, boom. I think Mike White is good like that. He can make the throws. The problem with Mike White and the reason why the Jets are in the market for a quarterback right now is because Mike White, in two years that he's gotten an opportunity to be the quarterback, he hasn't been able to stay on the field. Right? He's had an injury, which it's not just a cliche. The best ability is availability, and he has not been able to display that, and that's why it's kind of left the Jets with no choice to go out there and find somebody who's going to be able to answer the call for 17 games in a season. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. More of your calls coming up. And also, also, Lakers did something tonight, which if there was any sort of question, dispute, I think they put it to bed and put it to rest pretty definitively. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Dan Grosser Show till 10 right here on 98.7. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs) We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. So 
LeBron, AD, the Lakers, they're in Brooklyn tonight to play the Nets. Lakers actually winning this game by four points late in the third quarter. No KD, no Ben Simmons for the Nets side of things. It, it, it stinks in the fact, first of all, you know, this is the load management part of the NBA rearing its ugly head again. And look, it's not the first time. It's not the last time. It's a joke. Um, I can't tell you how many hours that I've had to talk about it over the last, you know, at least decade when chronicling the NBA and talking about it. It stinks. It's a horrible part of the game. And it's just that that's the world that we live in right now. Um, but the funny part about it and the irony that I always see, it's kind of comical how, you know, whether it's the players themselves nowadays or whether it's some members of the media or the fans that everybody wants to extol and, and, and raise the, 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 the modern player, for example, in the NBA and all these greatest comparisons and, you know, these guys are better than these guys and, you know, LeBron the greatest ever and all this stuff. Well, why do they keep have first I always say, like, well, you're going to make a comparison between these guys and guys in the previous era when they keep just sitting out games willingly, you know, like load management and rest and all that stuff. Like that never, that never had. You think, you think Michael Jordan never did load management because they, you know everybody wants to goat this, goat this, goat that. Well, Michael Jordan, you know, look at look how many times he played 82 games in his career. That was the norm. That's what you expected. You know, and and, and it's funny. LeBron's got foot soreness tonight. As they're calling it. They said before the game, significant foot soreness. Well, foot didn't look like it was a problem on Saturday night in, in Boston, did it? So they had yesterday off, and I guess that, you know, maybe they had to come, you know, via stagecoach from Boston down to Brooklyn over the last couple of days. Not like they didn't travel, you know, first class, probably had his own section of the plane or the private jet, you know, so where he can elevate that foot and get it all the rest necessary. And it's not like they're staying at the... Uh, the, the, the motel lodge on the side of the road. They're probably staying in some Ritz-Carlton somewhere in, in midtown Manhattan and then taking the, br- the bus over to Brooklyn there. And LeBron was sitting on the bench eating popcorn when I saw him a couple of minutes ago, you know, looking sharp in that sweater that he was wearing. So he didn't play tonight, neither did Anthony Davis. But, but how much you all want to bet that LeBron is going to be in the lineup tomorrow when the Knicks play, or the Lakers play the Knicks at Madison Square Garden? How much you want to bet? You know, because this is three games in four nights, and how dare the NBA player be expected to play three games in four nights? I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, some of them are only making $20, $30 million a year, and you want them to play three games in four nights? Their bodies are going to crumble, despite that they're the you know, greatest athletes on the planet, as we're constantly reminded of. But, and I hate to, look, this is cheap of me. I'll admit, it's cheap. Maybe it's not in good form, but I'm going to go there anyway because it just sticks out like a sore thumb. Remember from the day Brooklyn moved across the ocean, or the ocean, oh, I wish. They moved across the river over the New York side, and they left Jersey, and they set up a home in Brooklyn. And how often were we told of the story that, you know what, Nets are going to take some of the Knicks fan base away. Look out. Remember the billboard that was in, uh, in the city with Prokhorov and Jay-Z? And watch out for the Nets. Here they come. Still waiting. But forget about what us who live in this area think and what the, the truth really is. Look at how it's perceived by the rest of the NBA. You got LeBron. You got Anthony Davis. You got the Lakers, who are still the Lakers, even though like they got a lot of stuff that they got to figure out, and they're still kind of a mess at times and, and, and a circus a little bit. They're still the Lakers. That uniform, that logo still counts for something. And you're still talking about LeBron. He's accomplished a lot. He got a choice. 
he wasn't going to play all three games in four nights. So he was going to play in Boston because that's the Celtics. Lakers-Celtics is like the rivalry in basketball, right? That Nothing is Lakers-Celtics. Prime time on Saturday night, ABC. He's going to play in the Lakers-Celtics game. But then they look at the schedule and they say, well, wait a sec. You got a back-to-back. Monday in Brooklyn, Tuesday in Madison Square Garden. Which game do you think LeBron's playing in? He's going to play in the one in New York. He's going to play at Madison Square Garden because that's still the mecca. Not Barclays Center. Not Brooklyn. So LeBron is basically telling you, like, where Brooklyn and where the Nets, like, really stand on the NBA pecking order. Because I'll tell you, that significant foot issue that whatever he's dealing with tonight, I guarantee you that's going to magically go away in time for tomorrow night's game. And he'll be out there. He's not going to miss the chance to play at Madison Square Garden. Now, the crappy part about it, again, when you're talking about load management and why it stinks for the NBA, this is the perfect example. Because how many folks out there, and if you're one of these people, I really feel for you. I'm being dead serious. You look at the schedule when it comes down at the beginning of the year, And you have the Lakers, who because they're in the Western Conference, they're only going to make one trip to Brooklyn. One lousy, stinking trip. And only one trip to Madison Square Garden. But let's say Brooklyn. And that poor you-know-what, who scrimped and saved as much money as he could because he's got three kids, and all they wanted to do was see their favorite player, LeBron James. And so for a Christmas gift... They used up all their money, all their savings, all their disposable income, whatever, and he got three tickets, you know, even though they're way up high and his head is basically like hitting the light bulbs up on the roof. But he got three tickets for his kids, and they're going to take the whole family to go see their favorite player, LeBron James, the only chance they're going to get to come see him play in Brooklyn. Got the tickets. Fast forward to today. Gassing up the car, going to drive out to Brooklyn, go to the Barclays Center, go see the team play. And they get word, LeBron's not playing. Load management. How's he going to explain that to those kids? You think it's going to be easy driving all that way with three screaming kids in the back seat? LeBron's not playing? Those kids sitting way the hell up high there watching the Lakers on the court, and all they could see is LeBron James looking like a small ant sitting on the bench eating popcorn, wearing a real nice sweater. That's not what they paid for, you know? They didn't pay all that money to watch LeBron eat popcorn on the bench. They paid to see him out there in the Laker uniform doing his thing on the court, and they're not going to get the chance. And you know what? That same story could be told, and that same example could be told. Just replace LeBron with one of the other superstars in the NBA that only maybe come to a city one time in a given season, and they don't get a chance to see him play. Guess what? You can't go to the box office at the Barclays Center and knock on the glass and tell the person working there, excuse me, I bought these tickets under false pretenses. I was told that LeBron James was going to play tonight because it's the Lakers and he's not playing. I want my money back. He ain't getting his money back. And nor can any other fan if this happens. And the NBA has been doing this and allowing this to happen for way too long. And that, again, they think that, you know, we want to sit here. And, and, and that's why I kind, of, I kind of scoff at these comparisons when you want to, like, when, you know, remember when the NBA put out their list of, like, the 75 greatest or whatever last year? Like, you know, the the modern players to me get a little bit of a check mark next to their name for the wrong reasons because they play in this load management world you know the guys back in the day the greats they didn't take nights off they didn't you know tom thibodeau was talking about that earlier today 
talking about the fact that, all right, Lakers are playing tomorrow and LeBron's not playing today, and he brought up Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing would always be playing. He'd not taking nights off. He'd be out there constantly. And you know what the funny thing is? The solution is, you know what, not change it, but change it to make it even easier on the players. They want him to play less games. Oh, 82 games is way too many games. They should only play 70. So you mean to tell me if they play 70 games that they're still not going to be load management? And you got guys like Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is funny because he's a guy who played in the former era. Steve Kerr's got championship rings because of Michael Jordan, and he played during that era and saw what the greats really did. And you got Steve Kerr now, whose job it is to make the current players happy, to make his life better so they can help him win more championships, and he's got to sit there and side with them and say, oh, three games and four nights, it's too much. I don't know how they can do it. Oh, say a prayer for him just doesn't look good it really and truly doesn't 800-919-3776 that's the telephone number dan gross show till 10 right here on 98.7 espn this is the dan grasa show on 98.7 espn this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. we get back to the calls in just a second. This came down, uh, NJ.com, doing a one-on-one interview with uh, Buck Showalter of the Mets. Because over the weekend, remember, they had the baseball writers' dinner, the... the um, Baseball Writers Association of America, they have the dinner every winter where they hand down, among other things, like the individual awards from the previous season. So, like, you know, Justin Verlander got his Cy Young Award at the dinner, you know, tuxedo, fancy, all those things. And it's one big gathering in the month of January for the baseball community before everybody goes their separate ways down to spring training, whether you're in Florida, whether you're in Arizona. So NJ.com, they did this one-on-one with Buck Showalter, who was there because Buck was getting his Manager of the Year Award that night. And the subject of Jacob deGrom. Uh, was broached in this interview. And they asked Buck, um, did you feel Jake was all that happy in New York? Because, you know, that's one of the things that's been rumored is that he just wasn't a New York guy and he wanted to get the hell out of here and that's why he signed with Texas. A lot less stressful than, you know, the big city and all the lights here where the Empire State Building is, you know, multiple colors in the same night. Uh, And that just, you know, 
makes people lose their wits completely. So he was asked, do you feel Jake was all that happy in New York? And Buck said, yes, I do. I just talked to him the other day. He said, someday I'd like to sit down with you and explain what really happened. I really thought I'd be back there. Interesting. Now, I don't think Jacob DeGrom would say that to Buck Showalter to try to play peacemaker. I don't think that they had a bad relationship. You know, that was never reported. And if you're Jacob DeGrom, who already got his rich contract from Texas, you know, he's in his new surroundings, all that stuff. Like, why would he feel compelled to try to put on a brave face to Buck Showalter? He doesn't play for him anymore, right? He's in a new league. He's on a new team. Who cares? So let the speculation begin. What is Jacob DeGrom referring And I don't think Buck Showalter is sitting here, and he has no incentive to lie. So what does Jacob DeGrom mean if that's the case? I'd like to sit down with you and explain what really happened. I really thought I'd be back there. Well, does that mean more than anything else that was it financial? I really thought I'd be back there, but Steve Cohen and Billy Epler decided that they didn't want, want to offer what I feel I should be paid despite the fact that I haven't pitched much in the last two years because of injuries. But I really thought that they were going to be a little bit more generous than what they were going to guarantee me. I mean, that's the only thing that I can make out of it. I can't imagine that there would be anything else beneath the surface. Like, I, you know, I don't think Jacob DeGrom, you know, was promised a corner locker in the clubhouse, and, and the Mets said no, and then that was the tipping point, and off he went to Texas. I don't think that was the case. That's interesting, and you know what? That'll let the news wire spin for a couple of weeks until spring training starts. But, you know, people are going to want answers. Inquiring minds want to know. I just think it, it, it has to come down to money more than anything else. Remember, no state tax down there. It's costly to live up here. But, you know, when you're talking about 100 and whatever he ended up getting, 160, 170 million dollars guaranteed. I mean, you know, what's a couple of bucks here and there? I don't think that he was, quote unquote, a New York guy. And, you know, the money was more that the Texas Rangers gave him. Nothing more, nothing less. That's it. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Chris. He is in Long Island. He's up next here on 98.7. Christopher, how are you? Hey, Dan. How you doing? Chris, I'm great. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? So, a uh, huge Jets fan here, and uh, I'm here to kind of talk about, you know, obviously the speculations going around. Who's going to be the quarterback and Rodgers connected to Nathaniel Hackett. But, you know, as a Jets fan who's obviously been through it these last, you know, 10-plus years, I'm wondering, a lot of people do believe that there's a real possibility for Aaron Rodgers to come here. People are saying he's going to come, you know, this is a nice young team, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, over the last 10 years, we see them go after these big-ticket free agents. And people make these connections and say, you want to know what, I think they're going to land. Like last offseason, Tyreek Hill. There was real rumors about him coming here. He opted to go to Miami. You could even go back a couple of years to someone who's not even on the scale of Aaron Rodgers, but Kirk Cousins. You know, a lot of people were connecting him to the Jets, and then he ended up using us to get more money out of the Vikings. And and there hasn't been really many big examples of just actually acquiring that big-ticket free agent. I mean, the best quarterback we've gotten over the last 10 years was Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then before that was Favre, who ultimately wanted to go to the Vikings anyway. But remember, so, they lucked into Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, Chris, I, right? Because Ryan Fitzpatrick was signed to be the backup to Geno Smith, but IKN and Polly punched out Geno Smith, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick became a thing. Right, so that, that proved my point even more, that we, we never get that, that big-ticket guy. So my question is, 
why as a Jets fan should I believe that this is going to be the time that this organization finally figures it out and gets that big fish? Like, why is this the time? Because it, it, I find it a very hard time for me to believe that it's going to happen this year after so many, so many failures in years right. past. Why, why shouldn't you be skeptical is, is the right question. And I think that you have every right to think that way, Chris. And I thank you for the phone call. I mean, they really haven't given you much that you could trust them on. I mean, they haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years. You know, it's the longest drought in the NFL by, by a good few years, if I'm not mistaken. And this season they teased you a little bit because you thought that, you know, even around Thanksgiving that this team was going to the playoffs. Forget about even Thanksgiving, into December. And then when they were scuffling about a little bit and all hope looked lost, especially when we left that stadium on that Thursday night a couple of days before Christmas against Jacksonville when they, you know, had that stinker in the rain. Then you go watch football that weekend on on Christmas weekend and all the results that you needed to go the Jets' way went the Jets' way, right? Aaron Rodgers goes down to Miami and beats the Dolphins and a couple of other games, you know, the, the Bengals beat the Patriots and, like, the Jets just kept getting another stay of execution. And you're like, geez, maybe in a weird way it's finally going to happen. And it didn't. You know, then they go out to Seattle on New Year's Day. Mike White still not healthy and it was ugly. So... You're right. If you're a fan and you ask the question, why should you think that it's finally going to happen? Well, if you remove the quarterback from the the equation, and I know that that's a big part of it. I'm not sitting here trying to tell you it's not. But if you remove the quarterback from it, you look at the rest of the roster, there's talent. There's a lot of talent on this team. More talent on this team that there's been probably since they went to the playoffs 12 years ago. This team's probably more talented top to bottom than that 2015 team that won 10 games. And Joe Douglas still has some work to do this offseason, and he's going to fill some holes. You know, you might have two guys that both win Rookie of the Year in a couple of weeks at the NFL Honors. And those guys are first-year players. Those guys are going to be here for a few more years, hopefully even longer. You know, with Sauce and with Garrett Wilson. You know, you think about what Garrett Wilson did this year with three different quarterbacks the Jets had. And he still put up 1,100 yards. And he's going to win Rookie of the Year. He should. You know, Sauce looks like one of the top two, three corners in the NFL as a rookie. You know, you got Quinnen Williams who came into his own this year. Now, here's the other thing to keep in mind. When you're talking about bringing in a quarterback here and what it potentially could cost, Quinnen Williams is a guy now you got to pay. He went out there and he had that big-time season last year, which means he made himself a lot of money. So the Jets are going to have to take care of him, right? You got some holes to fill on that offensive line you have to take care of. So, I mean, it's a good problem to have. But when you have good players, the problem is and the challenge is keeping those good players on your roster. Let's say hi to uh, Mike in Long Island City up next. Michael, how are you, my friend? Uh, Hi, Dan. Hello? Yeah, what's going on? Hey, Dan, I got a trade proposal between the Knicks and the Bulls that I just wanted your opinion on it. Knicks, um, Bulls. I got yeah. the Bulls sending the – hello? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I got the Bulls sending a disgruntled Zach Levine to the Knicks mm-hmm. for Obi Toppin, first-round draft pick, um, Fournier's expiring contract, and um, sending Derrick Rose back home where he can retire. And if you want to throw Cam Reddish in there too, be my guest. But I'm just saying it would help both teams out. The Bulls need a power forward. They don't have anybody. Obi Toppin will develop there, which he will never develop here as long as uh, we got Julius Randle. 
and um, the Knicks would have that extra score, uh, probably a primetime score to give the ball to late in the game, which we have issues with. And I just think it would help both teams. The Bulls are not going anywhere. So to get 40's expiring contract, let Rose retire in front of all his home fans, first-round pick and topping, I think it's doable. I mean, what do you think? Where do you think, let me ask you this, and Zach Levine, you don't have to worry about him leaving. He's not a rental. He's under contract. They give him, he's got a boatload of money that he's got coming his way right. for a few more years. If you put Zach Levine on this team, so you're bringing in Zach Levine, you're going to put him alongside Brunson and Randall and R.J. Barrett. Where do you think Zach Levine fits in on the pecking order? On this team. Well, he's a st- he would be the starting two guard right away, mm-hmm. and he would be well, barring his health because I know he's not a hundred percent. I'm thinking he's closer to ninety percent, but you got to realize he's only twenty eight. It's not like he's thirty two, long in the tooth with a lot of injuries. The injuries have just started the last year or two, and he's so athletic. I think even at ninety percent, Zach Levine is, is as athletic as any other two guard in the league, and he probably will get healthier. So you will have Randall, I guess, as the number one, which I don't like. But if Levine is healthy, Levine could be number one. Barrett would have to go down to number three. Brunson would be number two. So you could um, say Brunson and Randall would be number two or Levine. It's nice options to have, you know. It's it, it's one of those things. Um, I, I hear what you're saying, and I thank you for the phone call. Here's the problem with Zach Levine. And Zach Levine's a good player. but. Is Zach Levine better than Donovan Mitchell? I don't think so. And the reason I say that is is because if you didn't pull the trigger on Donovan Mitchell in the summer, but yet you're going to give up potentially what Chicago would ask for to bring in a lesser player than what Donovan Mitchell is. Now, look, the price might not be as expensive, except Zach Levine's making a lot of money, so there's a lot of money involved here. Right, so maybe that could minimize some cost potentially. I just, I just don't know if I like the fit. You know, it's a good player, but haven't the Knicks gone down that road before? That was some of their sins of the past, where they would go and just try to bring in like good players and guys who have flashy stats on the back of the card, but when you mesh it all together, it doesn't really pay dividends on the court when it comes to winning games. I don't know if it's the right fit. Does the puzzle piece all fit? I would probably keep looking if you're trying to look to improve this roster before the deadline. 800-919-3776 is our telephone number. We'll close it out on the phones. And also, we've got to talk some, ho- uh, some hockey. How about our buddy Lou swinging for the fences out there on the island? Big move for the Isles we'll get into when we return. It's Dan Grosser Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Dan Gross' show right here on 98.7. We'll take it for a few more minutes. Gordon and Larry coming up at the top of the hour. Remember, we'll be back with you on Wednesday at 7 o'clock in our normal spot, a full little three-hour vehicle for you again. We're going to have some, I don't want to promise anything yet, working on some things jet-related, which I think if we could pull it off, you know, you'll enjoy. I think it'll be a good spot with everything that's happening uh, regarding the team as far as new additions and that sort of thing. So we'll see if we can make that happen. My goal is by Wednesday, but we'll see. These things are a little time-consuming. Um, how about the Islanders? You know, it happened, I would say, maybe half an hour before we got on the air tonight. We get the news that the Isles make a big strike right here in advance of the trade deadline. You know the Isles been hurting for some scoring. Well, Lou Lamarillo goes out there, and he makes a swift move getting Bo Horvat former captain, of course, of the Vancouver Canucks. And oddly enough, All-Star Weekend coming up in the NHL. <laughs> Bo Horvat was an All-Star for the Pacific Division, representing the Vancouver Canucks. I, For the life of me, I don't know how that's going to fly. Like, is he still going to the All-Star game? Is he still going to skate, you know, as a part of that division? Or are they just going to swap that out and give him an Islander jersey? I don't know. or you know, But it will be fun nonetheless. Regardless, the Isles need the scoring. I mean, they've had a hard time putting the puck in the net this year with any sort of consistency. Now, Bo Horvat's a rental player. The goal is, of course, if you're the Islanders, is that you want to get pen to paper. I don't know if that's going to happen, the likelihood of that happening before the season ends. It's probably going to have to be something in the summertime. But Lou Lamorello, I guess, did a conference call tonight, and uh, I, I saw him say that we expect Bo Horvat to be an Islander long-term. They're not just making this move for the balance of this season, and I think that would be foolish, too. I mean, Bo Horvat's a nice player, but he's not Wayne Gretzky. One guy alone is not going to transform the Islanders into Stanley Cup contenders from where they are right now. And Look, the Islanders got some work to do, and a lot of people got on Lou because he wasn't really active over the summer, and, you know, can Lou still do this, and is he watching the parade go by, and, you know, is he still cut out to do this sort of thing? So this was a big reminder tonight, and this is one that kind of sent shockwaves, I think, throughout the NHL that, hey, you know what, don't count out the Islanders yet. I like the move. Uh, Anthony Bovillier goes to Vancouver. Atu Ratu and a first-rounder, a conditional first-rounder, go to Vancouver. I know that Ratu's a young player, and he certainly had a lot of upside, but, you know, you want to get something good, you got to give up something of value here, and that's the price the Islanders had to play. And, you know, I think that the final grade and the final judgment of this move is going to be indeed whether or not they're able to sign Horvat long-term. Now, Lou in the past, remember, he's done these moves 
you know, taking on rental players, even when maybe it seemed pessimistic that he was going to be able to retain them long term. Case in point, the Ilya Kovalchuk situation back when he was still with the Devils. Now, I know things got a little bit hairy when they, you know, came up with that 17-year contract and the NHL, uh, the NHL slapped him on the wrist. But he still kept him around. And, you know, Kovalchuk ultimately, um, you know, hung around here for a little while longer before, you know, he no longer wanted to be here. And then, you know, they went their separate ways and he retired and that sort of thing. But nevertheless, uh, I like the move. And we'll see if it, you know, translates into the standings for the Isles. The problem with them is, you know, they're in a loaded division. That Metropolitan, I mean, if you follow hockey, you know, playoff spots are not going to be easy to come by. You know, you're probably, at this point in time, I mean, just think about the dogfight it's going to be just to get one of the two wildcard spots in the NHL. Like right now, if the season was over, you know, Pittsburgh is that last team into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. And the Isles are only a couple of points behind them, but these teams just beat the I, I hate, I still hate the playoff format in the NHL. They need to go back to the old way or at least kind of change things up as to the way it's been for the last several years. I hate it, but... Who knows? David and Rockland up next here on 98.7 here on a Monday night. Dave, yeah, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. I'm doing great. What's up, Dave? Uh, yeah, I just want to ask three questions, three quick questions. I'm going to hang up, mm-hmm. and I'm going to listen to your, your answer. Mm-hmm. One, should I make a shot to Julius Randall? Two, who do you think overall is better, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Three, Who's a better overall three-point shooter, Ray Allen or Steph Curry? And I just wanted to let you know, this is going to be a big year for the Jets. 12 years, number 12 is going to come over to stop this number 12. You heard what I'm saying? All right, no. I'm gonna Dave, you got to. You know, that, that would be nice, right? I don't care what number he wears, but, you know, whoever the quarterback is going to be, just get him into the playoffs. Would I shop Julius Randle? Um, would I shop him? No. If somebody picks up the phone and wants to entertain trading for Julius Randle, I mean, Julius Randle's value is never going to be higher. I think it's higher than it was even a couple of years ago. Value is never going to be higher. Here's the problem, though. If you're trading Julius Randle, who are you getting to replace him and to carry some of that scoring load? Where would the Knicks be without Julius Randle right now? All good questions. We'll address some of them more on Wednesday night. Thanks to Chantel. Thanks to Joe. Gordon and Larry are coming up next. Dan Gross is saying, hey, we'll talk to you Wednesday at 7, everybody, right here on 98.7 ESPN.